0: Welcome to Control Alt Revolt, the podcast. I'm Nick Cole.
1: I'm single white Medusa. Ooh,
0: I like your energy. <laughs> I'm you have just dragon, you. You have dragon energy.
1: <laughs> I always have dragon energy. Me and Trump and Kanye. And Sometimes you. you're dragging. <laughs> That's true. I'm dragging a lot. <laughs> no.
0: you've had you've had some nice liquor today. You're ready That's to true. go.
1: That fired me up. <laughs> you, had,
0: you had some champagne for lunch.
1: That was nice at our French place.
0: Yeah, uh, Then we went down to the marina and we sat and watched the boats come in like two old sailors. <laughs> and you had a chilled glass of Chardonnay. Ah,
1: <sighs> That was good too. And
0: then you listened to a little Bongino and you were ready to light them up.
1: Exactly.
0: So you you got dragon energy.
1: I yeah I mean lately especially you got dragon energy a lot you can't help it
0: no you've got to have dragon energy feels like feels like something's about to happen
1: yes it does it's felt that way for a while but yeah. more and more you're like yeah you're like on yeah. pins and needles like all right when's yeah. something gonna happen
0: I felt it was gonna be a long hot like what I think we're in right now is freedom time and then I feel like August is August was when they were gonna lay their plan on us like yeah. hey that Delta variant
1: hmm
0: and and oh if you if you miss this
1: there's an epsilon variant now too did oh you, i thought that was a joke i no, thought you were just i thought that was a joke like epsilon. we're like and then there'll be an epsilon and, yeah. a yeah. and a gamma <laughs> yeah. and
0: oh well, wow i did the, not know that was real when we reach the omega variant <laughs> we will then move to the hindu alphabet
1: exactly we'll
0: have the shiva variant
1: like the one we talked about today
0: chicken marsala the
1: bs variant the
0: bs variant well that's been here since the beginning exactly so no they're 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 laying the delta uh, um, variant on us you know of course la like oh can i get the hook deeper on my mouth can i bite it harder you know like they're the kind that like hey i'm selling you the brooklyn bridge and LA is like, I would like to pay for two Brooklyn Bridges. Are Can there two? We all two? have
1: a keg of Kool-Aid instead yeah. of just the cup. <laughs>
0: yeah. But they're getting a lot of pushback on it, and I think even the CDC came out and said, Hey, if you are vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask for the Delta variant. So again, the messaging is all over the
1: place. So. If I'm following you, I think sure. I am. How long did that last? Like, that only lasted like two weeks, I feel like. Like, yeah. hey, you don't have to wear a mask anymore if you got the vaccine. Yeah. And, and then it
0: was, you're back in the mask. And then three days later, oh, that didn't play well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, but this Epsilon, it's going to get you. Oh, it's going to
1: get you. Goodness. I can't believe that's a real thing. I thought that was a
0: joke. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> the whole the whole game, and, and I do believe it's a game. The game ultimately is to continue the state of fear because the state of fear gives them sort of unlimited power and control. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, the government, you know, in the best possible scenario is like the mom in the sixth sense who's killing her kid. And then little, little, uh, what was his name?
1: I know The kid from
0: Tool Time Was he on Tool Time? No, no. I don't
1: think so But I know Like he yeah. was such a little Kid star Starboy,
0: The star boy
1: Oh I can't remember you his know, name You know Child it, star though Yeah
0: at The best uh, The best possible scenario Is the government Is Munchausen by proxy syndrome You know like You are you need us You're sick You're dying We're the only ones That love you We're taking care of you Here's your money Stay inside and Stuff like that But at the worst
1: Haley Joel Osment
0: Haley Joel Osment <laughs>
1: Osmond.
0: Not Osmond. He's not. A, he's not the long lost <laughs> Osmond brother. Okay. He's not the bastard child of Donnie Osmond. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you just? That would be the name of my punk band. Donnie Osmond's bastard child.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> it's kind of like. It's like Schwarzenegger, you know, because Schwarzenegger's got the kid in Bakersfield. And
1: then that's his good kid apparently. That's the good kid apparently. <laughs>
0: But imagine that there's some kid wandering the earth who's Donny Osmond's bastard child.
1: Maybe. Maybe. You think? Yeah, sure.
0: On <laughs> Donny Osmond?
1: I think he's either a good guy or he's gay. <laughs> but, like, I don't think he seems like that type. Yeah. He doesn't seem like You a think pointer. Donny Osmond's gay? No, I think most likely he seems like a good guy. If I'm just you're, saying. But
0: he, he's nice looking and has yeah. good teeth and he can sing.
1: That's why I'm like, so, the other option is maybe if gay. He, if he's
0: gay... <laughs> No bastard child. But if he's nice looking, can sing, and has good teeth, then there's some bastards. So maybe
1: he's a good guy. There's some
0: bastards. There's the good guy option. there's no good guys. Let's hope. I'm the only good guy you need sugar.
1: (laughs) Anyways. Oh, man. Anyway,
0: so welcome to the podcast. You can see that this is off to a rolling thunder start. Kudos if you know the the video game Rolling Thunder from the 80s. Yeah, I
1: don't. We've been having all kinds of good conversations today, though.
0: We have. We've worked it all over. Um... Watched a couple of interesting videos today. One came from mom. That's right. Mom's getting in the mix. Mom's starting to, uh, mom listens to the podcast late at night and now she sends me these really dark, dire videos, you know.
1: I find them so, I love those kind of videos because I don't 100% buy off on them, but I love to hear them and consider them and just like, I'm going to file that away because there's a chance that that could be true.
0: There is a chance. So today's video was from a Catholic friar. Um, who is a, a is an anthropologist mm-hmm. and is an observer and a studier, it seems, of plagues throughout history. Now, plagues have come and gone throughout most of human history, and the Catholic Church has had a long history with plagues. Um, plagues are interesting, to say the least. Plagues are part of humanity, really. Like, if you've lived in the last hundred years, there actually have been a lot of plagues, but human society is so advanced and so, really, honestly, you know, with sort of capitalism and freedom and things like that. Um, uh, Humanity hasn't had a big problem with plagues. But, lo and behold, with the rise of communism and Marxism and this sort of like techno-state and overlords, which I really think is us returning to a pharaonic system, where we have sort of these pharaohs, these upper-class, super-elites, oligarchs, techarchs, Um, But really, pharaohs is the best way to think of it. And then the rest of us are kind of serfs. You may not understand that you're a serf, but you're a serf. Now we're returning to this where plagues are a real problem, where scarcity is a real problem. Um, You go back to the Bible and you look at the rise of the pharaohs and you look at the story of Joseph and the people come to Joseph and they say, you know, we're out of food. Uh, Do what you can to save us. And, And Joseph instrumentally comes up with the grain silos and and is basically able to manage Egypt's food supply through the first seven years of a plague. And in the second seven years, they literally come to Pharaoh and sell themselves into slavery to survive the plague. And that's kind of what it looks like right now. We have we have the Pharaohs. We have Elon Musk. We have Bill Gates. Um, we have these betters. An interesting thing I wanted you to know, um, remember I talked about uh, Al Gore surfacing, to beg Trump not to pursue this thing that's that's coming, um, the the dispute of the election. Which, if the election is you know is the most fair election ever, and it's over and it's done and it's settled, and Biden is president, why is old Al Gore being called out of the bullpen to beg Trump not to proceed? Why is the NSA looking at Tuck Tuck? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not as settled as you don't think it is. Again, I'm not re- ready to say Trump's going to be in by August but i I think I think they're worried about something. yeah they're they they are definitely worried about something. But anyways, um, you look at Al Gore's Tan, which everybody's kind of commenting on. And I did a lot of informal surveys because uh, the l a basin in Orange County is an interesting place. There are a lot of super wealthy elite here. Bill Gates has a house here. Warren Buffett has a house here. Wow, had a house. he he sold it. Um, but a lot of the elites live here. and Along with them go a lot of sort of what super Single White Medusa and I have noticed are women like her, which is sort of super hot, you know, supermodel type women. <laughs> You're and so
1: sweet. I don't think of it that way. I
0: think so. Thank you. <laughs> I think so. I'm always trying to play D, trying to protect you from them. <laughs> thank you. But um, over the course of the pandemic, the women disappeared.
1: The The ultra hot, beautiful... Supermodel-looking ones, yeah. like the ones that you're just like, you look at them and you're like, how are they so beautiful? Like the just epic ones. Yeah. Like you don't see like that you. anymore. You see like, attractive, like you. attractive, attractive girls. Like I'm. It's not like there's no attractive girls around, but, but there was the, like this level of like, whoa, yeah. Where there you're was, trying to figure out yeah. like what, like what is it about? Them? There was just you. <laughs> they're, they're you not, were the no. only one. Yes. <laughs> I don't think of it like yep, that. I do. I um,
0: and a lot of the fancy cars. Yeah. And a lot of the big real estate was empty or windows were shuttered. You just had to kind of drive around and observe things and check it out. And I quizzed some of my Hollywood friends and asked some of the people in the know. And the word on the street was they all headed to the Caribbean. There was basically, while we were all in lockdown, the super elite, super wealthy, um, took their hoochie mamas and went to the Caribbean. So that explains why Al Gore, perpetual insider and scumbag, has the tan. The super mm-hmm. He's been in the Caribbean for, for a year and a half. So that kind of tells you that right there. It tells you that they don't have to live by the rules that you live by, which goes back to the Pharaoh thing that I was saying. The Pharaohs are going to be just fine. Us serfs, we got problems. Yeah. So why don't you talk a little about the video that we watched today?
1: Yeah. Um, so he was basically... I feel like he was laying out a very plausible scenario, but kind of like the worst case scenario of what you and I believe yeah. might be the worst possible scenario of the vaccine of the bad effects of the vaccine. So maybe this won't happen, but if the worst comes to worse, kind of the, the death and uh, craziness that might yep. ensue. Yeah, I don't think it took into account, uh, maybe we'll figure out, uh, therapeutics that people that took the vaccine might be able to use when they get COVID. You know, things like that. It did not take that into account, which I think is a legitimate no, thing. No, but
0: uh, going on the but. heels of yesterday's podcast, where we were kind of looking at like, okay, here's here was Robin Marriott's, you know, basic 10 points of why...
1: Robin Minotti. I Manotti. was like, who? <laughs> Robin Marriott is like a
0: is he's a friend of Carmen San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> um so Robin Marriott's 10 points of like Manotti. what happened. Yeah. You know, and and why it happened. No, it wasn't it it is a bioweapon. No, oh. it wasn't an accidental release from a lab. Yes, it was Big Pharma and Big Tech basically doing it to one get rid of Trump. And two, to start the Great Reset. So that's sort of, hey, that's the unhinged wild conspiracy theory. But, you know, I think after the last year and a half, and I think after watching things like, you know, the NSA, and then watching the election, I think wild conspiracy theories are okay. Yeah. I think we're, you know, we're at that f- end of the flavor counter at 31 flavors.
1: And if you... We're not down near
0: bubble gum and fruit berry mm. and blue raspberry. We are in chocolate chip country.
1: Because I think if that you're... was always
0: my favorite end of the case. <laughs> Do you remember it was kind of laid out like that? Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, the fun flavors were to the left. Yeah. Right, and sort of the.
1: Like the rainbow fruity... sherbet was over. Yeah, you didn't to the you, fun you, you didn't want there. That was no fun. No, but I think if you are of the uh, segment who's like, no way, that's crazy, that can't happen, I would just say. Would you, two years ago, have ever thought that what's going on now could ever happen? No. And I would say, no one would have thought this could happen. So you have to remember, like, just because something seems unlikely does not mean it's impossible. And we're seeing that right now. We're living it.
0: Everybody who was standing there on the morning that Pompeii blew up an hour beforehand didn't think that Pompeii was going to, that they were going to be running for their lives and buried in ash. Like, no one who gets on an airplane actually thinks it's going to, it's going to break up on the runway and you're going to have to literally wade out through flaming gas with your own skin on fire to survive. (laughs) Yeah. It's a nice picture for you. You'll never get on another airplane again. I know. You know, no one thinks like, you know, because you couldn't live life if you thought that level of disaster was going to happen to you, but every day, You could end up inside a car wreck, you know, with the jaws of life trying to get you out with like a metal pole, you know, going straight through your eye. That stuff can happen.
1: Luckily, the percentage likelihood of either of those are really slim, and that's how we're all able to do those things. But the point is, sometimes your number could come up, and you could be that person that does have to go through that.
0: Exactly. So, you know, what we're examining here in these podcasts is like, okay, what is the worst-case scenario? So Mm -hmm. yesterday's worst-case scenario is like, I think it was a, you know, it was probably a bioweapon and it was permanent, you know, released to benefit uh, a power grab. Okay. So, you know, take that for a grain of salt, weigh that out. I think a lot of the comments kind of said, yeah, yeah, we're beginning to feel like that too. So the apocalypse friar of the Catholic church, interesting guy, definitely, you know, a thinker, um, that type of guy.
1: Definitely smart. Not a stupid guy. That's for sure. You know,
0: studier of pandemics and how he... He kind of thought things were going. He was basically like of the opinion that one mass death is coming and it's coming because not because everybody hasn't been vaccinated, but it's coming because people have been vaccinated. Can we support those points? Uh, yeah, I think you can make a case that you can support those points. The military is noticing that everybody who's been vaccinated is, or a lot of people, a high incidence. And so whenever anybody gives you a number You know, generally it's a good idea to know that you're probably not being given the correct number. Um, So in some cases, some instances, you double that number. But the military is apparently having a hard time with heart inflammation among young, very healthy males. I've heard one story personally uh, that's a little unbelievable uh, that a, a male in that job role with that level of physical fitness could suffer that kind of injury. But, you know, there it is. It it did happen. So it is happening. Um, Remember, we're in the early stages of the vaccine. So, of course, young males who are constantly using their cardiovascular systems are going to be the first people to have these problems. We are not to the autoimmune conditions, which will come, I would say, two to 15 years down the road. We are not to the fertility problems, which we'll begin to see later this year. We're not to a lot of things, but now we're getting into the variants. And it was always kind of my long-held suspicion that what the friar said was probably going to happen. That the vaccine um, is actually going to cause bodies to freak out on the variants and the, the subsequent iterations of of COVID as it comes year after year. So that's what he was basically saying. He's, he was saying that, you know, right now there's about 2 billion in the world that are vaccinated. Um, you can expect those people to die. You know, grim, sorry if you got it, whatever. Again, I, I, I don't think everybody's going to die, but I do think there are going to be some problems with it. And, and it, you know, uh, I'm not, it's not inspiring a lot of confidence right now. So, You know, and and again, we're looking at the darkest, most dire outcome. So he was saying, you know, he believes that the the vaccine is going to to be to to freak out when it encounters these later variants of covid. I don't know that he said that that was by design. It is my feeling that that was actually by design, that the vaccine is to there to clean up the world population. When you look at the, the people who are in charge, the elites, the things they talk about is how bad humanity is for the Earth how we need to reduce the carbon imprint everybody's like no we don't want to drive electric cars no we don't we want to eat meat and everything like that and the elites basically cut to the chase And they're like well a great way to reduce the carbon imprint is just to get rid of a lot of people so you look at a number like two billion vaccinated and you could say well a certain portion of those people are going to survive and that may be the case but we don't know we're not to this next winter yet There definitely is some concern about the next winter. You hear it in the messaging of the left. They're really racing to get everybody vaccinated. Is that because they have our best interests at heart? Or is that because they want to rack up the numbers? But there is a ticking clock of this fall. And that's coming up repeatedly in a lot of conversations on a lot of subjects. So let's just go with, you know, the Friars' dark prediction. We're just discussing it here. We're not saying it's necessarily what's going to happen. But hey, why not lay out all the scenarios out on the table and just kind of look at them and examine them? So he says 2 billion dead. Um, Then one of the hard things you have to consider in that 2 billion is, well, who were the 2 billion that were vaccinated? Well, we know from the plans that we made that it was going to be the most essential workers. Who were the essential workers? It was emergency services medical and supply chain. All throughout this entire pandemic, we were told those were the essential workers they needed to be vaccinated first a lot of the elderly needed to be vaccinated first sometimes you talk to a lot of these people who were involved in it and you even hear stories coming out of asia that they were just flat out engaging in euthanasia in so a lot of dark stuff went on in europe yeah in europe so yeah europe mainly um so you look at those things and you say okay well if you lose 2 billion people or some fraction thereof you are going to lose a lot of supply chain, you're going to lose a lot of emergency services, and you're going to lose a lot of medical. That is going to cause further death. Conservatively, I would add another billion to two billion. Because with that level of bodies, just again going through the friars thing, and he kind of addresses that too, with that level of death, um, you're going to have a lot of disease. A lot of people are going to be pitching in to do a lot of bearing and body work and things like that so you you're gonna have a, you're gonna have some starvation you're gonna have some injuries that people can't be treated for and things like that so i don't know that it's going to be less so much as it might get more geometric and so let's just say i'm going to say honestly and this is just my prediction like if it goes to this dire dark scenario where the conditions are the virus is bad the vaccine is bad the two of them together are super bad i'm going to say conservatively you're now looking at a global world population of seven to ten billion you're now looking at four billion of those people being taken out um that creates a lot of war that creates a lot of fight for supplies stuff like that let's not move to those numbers but you're going to see more death so he was saying you know having read some very important texts on pandemics uh, in the past, all the way back to the 13th century, that these were kind of the things that you could count on. These were the things that were going to happen. He, I, I think he was of the opinion that, like, basically, this is what's going to happen. What else were his takeaways? Do you remember?
1: Um, well, definitely that the thing that we've already kind of talked about. He felt that if there are indeed widespread deaths from vaccinated people, that they will be um, like put in the light that they are caused by the unvaccinated and not the actual reason that it's the vaccine. that's
0: Yeah I think that's the final well I think it's a ring on the chamois. If it is by design and the vaccine is by design and then if if the virus is by design and the vaccine is by design um, two things could happen. If there does start to become a mass die-off, and it is because of the vaccine, do I think big pharma and the media will admit that? No. And I guess we could all just base that kind of on what we've seen and things like that. Like, they don't seem to kind of fess up and admit things. So most likely they're going to... Well, here's an instance, uh, the president's press secretary blamed the defund police movement on republicans this week
1: oh my gosh i saw that i did not yeah. look into like how she managed to remotely make yeah. that case but do yeah. you know like what she even tried to say i think I was because like, That's because, so because they wouldn't
0: approve spending bills and things like that oh my gosh never mind that you know literally you know these blue cities had painted defund yeah, the police all on the heard streets
1: you and, guys say you know, but, defund the police constantly <laughs> but that's
0: that's the level of people that you're dealing with so wow. should you expect like honestly think about this like all the stuff I'm saying is crazy but it there's a there's a chance that it's true there's a chance that the vaccine is is harmful and is going to be more harmful with the variants mm-hmm. you know thalamide like a number of things that we could come up with where where science has screwed up and hurt people And as one doctor told me early on, he said, this is the stuff of bad science fiction. So let's just say that that, that, that there is a possibility it could happen, blah, blah, blah. Do you think, you know, taking recent examples of media honesty, integrity and Jen Psaki, you know, blaming Republicans for defund the police. Do you think that those people will literally sit there and say, you know what? Uh, There was a problem with big pharma. They screwed up the vaccines harming people. No, they're going to do what? They're going to blame the unvaccinated. Um, And I think that's kind of where we're headed in in this whole thing. And, And what the Friar was talking about effectively is that this fall as the deaths start to happen in an effort to get more control and probably more vaccination to kill more people because you've already killed a bunch. And remember, like, I know all this sounds ghoulish and everything like that. And I think we're going to talk about this maybe in one of the questions. But people like Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg and a lot of these people, in a, in a certain way, they've shed a lot of their humanity. They're not. They, these are people, you know, um, that that have so much money that what you would spend today on a snack doesn't compute for them. Like you might have bought like a $2 Snickers bar and a Coke for your snack. They wouldn't understand. They have so much money that they don't understand that concept. Someone tried to explain that to me once and I was like, yeah, that, that's true. They, they've they lost the ability to comprehend money. I don't when you see how Bill Gates, you know, the, the things that were coming about, about how he treats his employees and about how he tried to abuse women and things like that. Um, this is not someone who is human anymore. This is someone who looks at themselves as a gift to society, as better than people, treats people like cattle, things like that. So, you know, go with me on that. But if if these people are behaving this way, what makes you think that when someone, you know, and again, these people attend conferences about overpopulation and scarcity of resources and they feel threatened by that. And they, they also see themselves as saviors of humanity, which they have a lot of contempt for. Why wouldn't they, like your gardener trimming your trees, say, you know, for this tree, the tree of humanity, to grow better, I've really got to cut it away from the power lines. Otherwise, it's going to hit the power lines and the tree's going to burn down and I'm part of the tree. So these are people who think like that. And again, there was a reporter one time who asked Mark Zuckerberg what your hobby was, and what his hobby was. And with a completely deadpan robotic voice and stare, he said, I like to watch people play Civilization. That's not normal. That's not, you know, like, I'm not saying watching people play or whatever like that. It was just the level of creepiness. You know, like, this is a person that sees civilization as a game, sees human beings as playing pieces. So would they arrive at the let's tree trim humanity for the greater good? It's not a possibility you can rule out. I'm not saying it's likely, but I am seeing a lot of things this year that seem to indicate it. I'm seeing a lot of lies and cover-ups for the greater good. I'm seeing people in wheelchairs now. There are people in graveyards. Where is Tiffany Dover? You know, a lot of people hurt for the greater good. And people still being hurt for the greater good. And I see those people who are saying those things that are down in the Caribbean living their best Instagram life. And a lot of other people are looking at their destroyed businesses, homes, homes foreclosed, you know, for imminent foreclosures, things like that, and they're being told all of this is for the greater good. It's hard for you to believe in the greater good when you've taken it on the chin financially, and in some cases, you know, kids committing suicide because they can't socialize, interact online. Uh, I think it's definitely something worth, worth, worth considering that these are people who could have arrived at the conclusion that this would be in our best interests.
1: Right. But again, like, I always feel for, like, people who have gotten the vaccine. And if you had gotten the vaccine, this is very scary. Like, I guess if it was me, I would feel like, okay, I'm going to give ivermectin a go if I do get COVID and I've already had the vaccine. Because I I think no one knows what that will do (laughs) to someone who's been vaccinated and then gets COVID because I don't know that it's been tested that much yet. But I do know it has helped people initially with COVID extremely, like it's had extremely good effects. So I I think, I think it would
0: be a research area. I think you could start over at Dr. McCullough's site.
1: I tried to Google it. I couldn't find anything yet. And
0: I think you should try to find some ways to detox from your vaccine. I know that on McCullough's site, he's talked about ways to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I would definitely look at doing whatever it took to get clear of this, this thing. I think that that can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that people can survive. I, I don't know that all 2 billion people are going to die, but I am seeing that this virus is hurting, this vaccine is hurting people.
1: Right. Like, as was mentioned on Tim Pool's show last night, it's slightly different, but sort of similar. Uh, Like, everybody's body is different, and they were even saying, like, for example, food allergies. You know, you could have a peanut there on the table, and most people would be like, "Mm, yeah, I'm peanut, and it would be great. It could kill someone.
0: Just one peanut.
1: Yeah, that's what they said. But the point was like I don't think
0: one peanut would ever make me say yum yum. I would need like because you know I eat eat like Godzilla eating Japanese villagers. I know. I'm
1: just saying what they said. But the point is, to most people, they'd be like, oh yeah, sure, I'll eat that. That's good, yum. Yeah. Some people that could literally kill them, but sure. most people it totally wouldn't. So the point yeah. is, like everybody's physiology or whatever is like, or body, yeah, the way it works and your immunity is different. So what it might do to one person won't do to everyone. Sure. But the point is, yeah, I would, uh, I would find a, a doctor who is, open to alternative treatments, open to you know, yeah, ivermectin or that type of thing. Hydro- Hydroxychloroquine. I, hydroxy- hydroxy- I would, chlorine. I would
0: definitely. There's enough evidence of the amount of vaccine interactions that people are having that i would begin if i had had the vaccine to come up with some answers yeah about how you know if covid second round is coming if the variants are coming and i don't think that they're bad for the people who already survived covid um because i had i had it pretty sure we had it pretty sure early on and then we didn't lock down at all and we interacted with people heavily and we never got it And again. also,
1: when we listened to Michael Eden, who is the British former Pfizer executive in the virology field, like of Pfizer, so he's very specifically in this field, whatever. Like, um, he is speaking out a lot on this, and he basically said, never ever in the history of these type of viruses of, you know, coronaviruses, because there have been other coronaviruses, just none like this, but. Um, Of respiratory viruses, everything like that. The variants that do always happen, they never are as bad as the first one. They're always a little more like watered down. You already have a you've already been exposed, you know, somewhat to the first one, whatever. Like they get less and less actually dangerous is what he said and he's an expert. I would take his opinion. Not that I know much, but it, it made sense to me.
0: I think you know a lot. So
1: yeah, I think the point is like in general, that should not be so dangerous. Yeah. But with the vaccine, it seems as though that might be a different story.
0: The problem is with the, what, the fr- what the friar was saying in his sort of, you know, super plague scenario, black the new black plague. It's that exponential factor. When the deaths start to accumulate and things go out of hand, you're going to get secondary, third, at third you know, causes of deaths. You're going to have new diseases speaking speaking. You know, it's it, it could get bad. Again... I think you got the summer to prepare. I, I think it would, you know, hey, if by next January things roll around and there there wasn't that problem, and but there was another, you know, COVID or whatever it is, um, then it's probably okay. But if it does, you know, you watch those death counts and you see the news classically moving into this is because of the unvaccinated. Again, it's just that that drum that I've beat on this channel, whatever they say, the opposite is true. You know, and so that's that's something that I would be concerned about.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> Yeah. So I had something else and I forgot <laughs> we got distracted about by this guy in front of us. Yeah.
0: Did he have like a rifle on?
1: <laughs> he had a um, plate carrier, at least. He did anywhere. have a plate carrier. On. Yeah, I did see the plate carrier. I did, you think you saw a rifle?
0: I don't know, but it was it was odd. <laughs> he's very jolly and like in a Hawaiian shirt, but he was like.
1: Maybe he's just doing his a... like workouts yeah. where you guys wear like the plaid. He's, no. <laughs> he's, he's not the workout type. he's got an ice chest on him.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> so I don't know. Anyways, you had a question for me.
1: Oh, like a reader question? Yeah. Okay. Because I had something else to say, but that guy distracted me. So we'll do our reader, our other couple reader questions from rad Um, this was from a few episodes ago but uh, catching up and binging on podcasts serious question are these people evil geniuses beyond our comprehension or bumbling idiots who are so completely disconnected from reality they couldn't survive five minutes without the civilization they seem so intent on destroying because at times it feels like both
0: well I would say this Um, they're not idiots they're very intelligent but they are sociopathic. I think that's the best way to look at that. They're, they're definitely so evil geniuses. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like I, I was talking about in that entire thing, like there definitely is, there definitely is something to them that, that feels, you know, that they're an elite chosen person. Um, they've obviously, they can look at their bank accounts. They can look at how they have changed the world through their businesses and these kind of things, and they can make the case that they're pretty special. And unfortunately, they usually have a cult of personality around them that sort of either reinforces that through direct um, sycophantism or through this sort of blind, you know, suckering um, obedience. And, and, And then there just are the abuses that money and power can bring. And I've never rare I mean I don't I don't really think I can think of many people that have had even a little bit of power that haven't abused it but then to have sort of money and cash and I've heard stories in, inside the the tech you know sort of thing and and then Hollywood you know like it, it can get pretty out of hand and and you can begin to think that life is pretty cheap and I think the human soul wages war against that and then I think that's when they get into this thing that C.S. Lewis talked about, about do-gooders and wanting to be saved from the perpetual do-gooder who's trying to work out their karma for the sort of dark things that they've gotten up to with their wealth and power. And now they're going to make, quote-unquote, society a better place. But, of, of course, that that's how they see it. Society's going to, you know, you might say, oh, I really think that Bougainvillea growing on the side of that house would really make my house pretty and they might say you know what would make your house really pretty is if your house didn't exist and I could just look at the water we could all look at the water and I could build my house here and make sure that you didn't build your house there like their idea of good is 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 alien because it, it's not common man perspective you know so rarely do you have those people that are going to do the greater good that you know but in a lot of the ways they've told themselves these lies that you have to to keep going and remember they're, they are narcissistic sociopaths so they don't know that they're evil they just think you know oh I'm so good look at all the good I'm doing and and I'm allowed to abuse people you know because because of all the good that I'm doing so you find that sort of story and theme consistently re- recurring now as far as are they absolutely feeble yep they're totally feeble a lot of the times, they're they're ab they're protected by huge security teams. They have no ability to take care of themselves. You know, they they are pharaonic. The pharaohs were you know effete, couldn't do anything. They there weren't a lot of fighting pharaohs, um, but they but they were they were viewed as gods, and that protected them. Why does that happen? There is an entire pr- priest class surrounding that pharaoh, business class, banking, uh, you know, the priests of our modern age. Who depend on that Pharaoh and so they're going to do everything they can to protect that Pharaoh um, So that their livelihoods are insured and they'll keep that thing But but you find a lot of the times these people are are socially inept They're physically inept. It's just you know, they, they've had some interest. They they've they've they've, they've hit the lot the lottery or the luxury or whatever of inventing something critical or in certain cases, hey, that stuff may have come out of DARPA and they just might have been, you know, this sort of front person or whatever it is, but they're allowed an absolute, uh, almost unlimited amount of wealth and power and and they're very much protected. You know, Mark Zuckerberg's security team is, is, as I've heard, legendary, extensive. You know, he has he has protocols that rival the President of the United States for protection. So this is not somebody that you know you've seen the video of him throwing a spear with with wearing ear protection on like you know what? <laughs> why would you need ear pro to throw a spear
1: even I know that
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so that would my answer to the question is both they 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 are they are sociopathic I, I think everything that we're seeing in the vaccine and in the response to the vaccine and into heading into this great reset build back better all these things, you know, all of this worked out perfectly to accomplish this moment. What was the moment? The short-term gain was get rid of Orange Man Bad. He wasn't—he was off the reservation. And the this, the long-term game was bring about the reorganization of society, in which it can now be better administered by the the do-gooders who have a great idea for how we can all have a great life. Unfortunately, that great life means your beach house being burned down so they can see better. Yeah. Screw your Bougainvillea.
1: My answer is super quick. Mine would be that the head people, the head technocrats like Mark Zuckerberg, um, like Bill Gates, and then like the head oligarchs, some of who we know of like um, George Soros, some of who we probably don't know of, they would be evil geniuses beyond our comprehension, I do think, or sociopaths like you said, Nick. And then I think like so many of the other people that enact their... Uh, their plans and whatever like the mainstream media they're huge proponents of it whatever they would be um the bumbling idiots disconnected from reality that they couldn't survive five minutes without the civilization so that's my opinion like most of them are useful idiots i think there's a few evil geniuses at the top kind of top kind of running the show
0: i think you know what most of these people don't realize is how much i mean i think to an extent like a lot of the people making sort of the upper level planning and decisions, they understand how much you need us lessers. I do believe that there are private supply chains and private army armies. I mean, supply chains from trucking to farming to production of goods. I think there are private armies of surgeons, medical care. You know, like I think that the elite and a lot of their own reforms have entire economies already existing around them like look at bill gates buying up all the farmland and things like that Um, do all of these people realize that they're part of that no but when the emergency moment comes they will be redirected to sort of save the core Um, the rest of us are going to be on our own and i think but then i think there's a lot of people who think that they're in the inner circle or whatever people who work in offices, people who are mid-level executives and things like that, people who think that they've made the right choice, the media, you know, think that they've made the right choice and are supporting the elite. But I think they're going to be like the unicorn at the arc door. You're just not getting in. You know, you're like, you're going <laughs> to be unicorn. like, hey, you know, like, hey, I, I was on, you know, like you can just see Jake Tapper, you know, like beating on the Bill Gates's palace. You know, I, I carried so much heavy water for you, you know, and like, that door ain't opening because you're use. you know, like the only way, like the paramedic that can, you know, give Bill whatever meds he needs or the grunt that can carry, you know, a, a scar and protect him, you know, or the truck driver that makes sure that, you know, from his farms come produce to feed his tribe. That person is more useful than Jake Tapper in that moment. It's over, you know, and there are going to be a lot of like shocks. When people kind of find out that they've reached that moment,
1: yeah, you were a useful idiot when they needed yeah. useful idiots, and now they have no use for you, and because they don't value human life, they won't care at all about sorry,
0: yeah, it's a hard moment to find out that you 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 carried a lot of you know wood or whatever it is for you know that moment, but you know it it, it um you definitely want to know where where how the stakes are cut and everything like that, and I think a lot of people think that they they made the right choices or whatever I, I would just say like the best right choice that you could ever make is is to be invested in humanity mm-hmm. just like john dunn said the the death of one man diminishes me but we are in this fractured moment especially with elites of the dehumanization of humans who don't believe what they believe people who aren't in the cult are less than human they need to be punched in the face they need to be rounded up on the trains all these kind of things and there will be some shocking moments for those people when they realize like you are no longer useful to the cult and you're out
1: yeah don't align yourself with amoral people because that will happen eventually yeah yeah i would say so do you want the one more question yeah give me one more
0: question no we're good
1: so this is also from Rad. Regarding, observa- <laughs> regarding the observation that man's first task was to name everything, do you think that right to apply categories has been corrupted into a desire to redefine reality via opinion or consensus opinion?
0: Yeah, 100%. And Tolkien talked about this. You know, a lot of people, there was a modern movement uh, because leftists are always racist to tell people that, you know, uh, the orcs are black people. And the truth of the matter is the orcs are corrupted elves. Um, that's, you know, what Tolkien was always saying is the evil always imitates evil, always takes what, what has been made in creation and then creates its own perverse corrupted form of it. So I definitely think that man's, you know, task of naming things, Was was a gift from God to give man a work God doesn't need any work, you know, doesn't he did everything himself But he gave man a share in the work because work is purpose, Mm -hmm. you know And and it brings us it bring it brings a it brings a lot of quality to your life So I think I think that that was what that was yes, definitely the word games The constant movement of meanings and things like that. I've always thought that that was absolutely satanic and you see the left And whenever they get pinned down on how garbage their words are, or it's no longer convenient, or they want to confuse the issue, we shift from, oh my gosh, it's going to be the ice age, to it's going to be global warming, to it's going to be climate change, to it's going to be climate crisis, you're a climate denier, you know, climate apocalypse, like, whatever you need to keep hammering that desire to maintain power and control, Um, but you're always going to, you know, and we're seeing that in the transgender movement. You know, calling boys girls and and things like that. But as someone pointed out, like you know, if men and women are equal, I don't see a lot of actual genetic DNA women going and competing in men's sports and winning. I see men going into women's sports and pretending to be women and then winning. But you mm-hmm. don't see women going into men's sports and doing that. So. Again, it's just a perversion and a corruption, and and ultimately it's 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 satanic, it's evil, and that's what Tolkien was trying to say with the the elves. But of course, then the left comes along and says, oh, this is about race and black people. And it's like, no, you guys are racist. You guys are the ones that see, you know, that black people should have their own special things and be segregated. You're exactly like the KKK.
1: Exactly.
0: You know? Yeah.
1: They even do that with their companies, like they change their corrupt companies all the time and they just like give it another name and they keep letting it do its thing and like most people don't realize like that that's actually that company used to be called this whenever we've looked into that like George Soros is a
0: yeah you you see you see a constant a lot of constantly shifting things that they sort of avoid getting caught out on by constantly changing that meaning to serve their ends And I just I just wish there wasn't that I wish that, you know, you know, as the Bible said, your yes could be yes and your no could be no Mm -hmm. and people could deal, you know, sort of straight and accordingly. But the left doesn't want that because creating confusion and chaos is a means of control
1: because they actually can't compete on their ideas. They have to do it by deception and subterfuge and (laughs) changing meanings and just like tricking people, really. Yeah
0: well I think we answered everything today and we did a nice long podcast coming in at about 45 minutes hey we got good some times. new subscribers we've got some really cool things cooking for them so if you haven't subscribed jump in and subscribe become a foundation member you're gonna get a really special cool thing from us uh, an artifact that you could keep as memorabilia or maybe you could sell someday or whatever but it's going to be a personal thing and it's just so we can share the memories of this show and the good times. That we've had having a cup of coffee and talking about our life and then you weighing in on the comments and talking about yours. And I think keeping the signal alive between, you know, people who, who just are good, common, ordinary, sane, rational people. And I, I think a lot of people aren't necessarily in a tribe. Like a lot of the people that comment on this channel, um, they're thinkers. They're not just blindly following a tribe. And and that's really what we need more of in the society right now. We need people who are willing to ask questions, think, and dialogue instead of just saying, my team says this, and death to the other guys.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Final thoughts? Final thoughts. I saw a coffee mug the other day at our bakery that I was getting bread at, and I <laughs> remembered it <laughs> for this purpose because I loved it. I didn't even tell you because I just thought it was a fun phrase. So I thought I'd save it for something like this. May the bridges you burn light the way.
0: And that's the podcast.